Admiral. Engage. Welcome to Deep Space Pride, everyone. My name is Mike, and this is episode number one of our podcast. And I say our podcast because it is not just me. I have a co-host. His name is Johnson. And Johnson, how are you doing today? Good, Mike. How are you doing? I am great. And this is episode one. Um, this is going live. This is real. It's real. It's happening. This is happening. So you hear this. People are going to hear this, and it's super exciting because we've been on this journey for a while, and um, it's finally getting out to the world. So this is our, this, what you're about to hear. So right now, we're, we're talking to you from July 2020, actually the end of July, July 26, 2020. And uh, what you are going to hear is our recording, um, our very first recording as podcast podcasters for the season finale of Picard. Um, that's when our journey went from incessantly texting back and forth about an episode to sitting down on Zoom and recording the audio for public consumption, um, which we- And that was, as you said, almost four months ago, right? Actually, it's exactly four months ago? It is pretty close to four months ago. Uh, it's uh, with a couple of months in there, 31 days, I think that it would be 120 days almost ago that we recorded this. So uh, just a little you know, primer. So this was two weeks into our quarantine here in New York. Um, this was uh, without the podcasting mics that we are using now which the sound still sounds really good. So I, I'm, I'm happy that we don't have to re-record this or, or figure out another plan mm -hmm. for this audio. So I would have no desire to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what? What is kind of appropriate is what I did for Star Trek this week. Um, because, you know, I think, and I've heard this in other podcasts that I listen to, is that Star Trek is a great escape for... Um, you know, if you are just tired of the world and just need to to get away. Um, and this past week, I was I had a I was having a bad day, and I um, I texted Johnson. And I was like, "It's a bad. It's not a great day today." And I was like, mm -hmm. "But I think I'm going to put some Star Trek on." And you asked me what I was going to watch, and I decided I was going to go. I wanted something familiar, uh, familiar. I wanted something familiar, friendly, warm. And immediately I thought of Nepenthe. Um, you know, honestly, like if I could have been Picard in that episode where Deanna just gives him a hug, that would have been yeah. brilliant. Um, and that's the type of day I had. So I started watching Nepenthe. And definitely my personal favorite episode of Picard season one. Yeah. 
Uh, and and I I think it's definitely a favorite of mine as well, um, for for sure because I, w- I immediately went right to it. Yeah. Uh, when I was having a tough day, and so I watched that, and then I just kind of continued the journey back through Picard. Um, so I watched episodes eight, nine, and ten uh, all the way to the finale again um, this week. So uh, it's kind of apropos that we're recording this intro in july uh but we're going back in time to when johnson and i were four months younger and uh we were old (laughs) well i actually feel feel i've aged the past four months let's be real uh, i i think everyone has aged the past four months uh with this uh quarantine uh, in various stages obviously back then we were in complete lockdown everything was closed down um except for essential services um but uh yeah so this is our our first foray into discussing on camera on audio on mic uh episode 10 the season finale of uh star trek picard so yeah so enjoy we hope you'll enjoy our discussion of picard episode 10 the season finale i'm not going to try to name it again i and in fact having listened to this i couldn't even name it when we uh, recorded yeah, this four we, months ago, four yeah, months ago, we didn't pronounce it very well. No, so but we'll let the uh, we did talk about the title a little bit, so I'm going to let mm-hmm. that ride and uh, enjoy our conversation four months ago uh, about the season finale of Star Trek Picard. So episode 10, what was the name of, I can never remember how to say it. It's, oh, you can never remember. I don't remember even like how to spell Arcadia it. Arcadia is part of it. Something at ego in Arcadia or something like that. Et in Arcadio ego. Oh, okay. part two. Part two. Part two. So do you know what that means? The uh, title? Did it's you like look that, it up? It's like. It's like a painting or something. It's about death. Yeah, it's about you know, death. It's like you, uh, you know even the- in uh, Utopia, there is death or yes. death is there, something like that. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 I'm feeling that right now during our coronavirus <laughs> crisis. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Like, it's like yeah, you can't escape death. D- so yeah, you can't you can't escape death. Although I don't know that this would be considered utopia right now. No. But, Although nature might think this is utopia. Oh yeah, yeah. The, you know, the this is almost like a this is almost a like a natural world reset. I know it's actually, but that's a silver lining as yes. we're going through right now. Yeah. So um, all right. Yeah, so episode was... ten. What did you think? So, um, you know, I overall i there were some emotional beats in there that i was like okay this is working for me you know like it like jump started my heart a little bit in a few moments but overall um you know i thought that it was i approached it more stoically than i would have preferred in that for example you know um picard dying it's like we know that he's coming back for season two and the show still called picard <laughs> So you got pulled out of the episode. Yeah, Patrick Stewart's not gonna go anywhere. Um, So there were like some big emotional beats that I feel that the showrunners were trying to evoke in the audience that 
it what it didn't do it for me. Um, I do think that some of the some of the key moments where I think uh, you know Picard was being really Picardy and very um, idyllic in the way that Picard is and the way that he is a teacher and he has all his wisdom. I think that there were a few moments like that that I think really resonated. Um, the scene with Data at the end, like you know, where they were in the quantum simulation, um, you know, that didn't hit me as emotionally as I thought it would. I was hoping it would. I do think that it tied up the season well, where Data basically freed Picard from this guilt that's been haunting him for, you know, since Nemesis or whatever. Um, so I do think that there was an element there that kind of wrapped up the season and allowed, you know, the whole story arc of what the season has been exploring in terms of Picard's mindset and giving him a way forward. Um, but then I feel that there was these emotional loopholes, like for example, his death, um, you know, Riker showing up and then Riker being like, bye Felicia, I'll see you later. And then Picard dies like five minutes later. It's like, okay, like, and then we're supposed to expect Picard and these people around him, that are around him as he's dying to really hit us, but I barely know these people that well. Um, there's just a few things like that that I feel like were not really hitting the mark for me. And then I have like other notes. Um, but yes, you know, I would say in a nutshell, some things worked, some things didn't work as well. Um, I think there are things that were in the episode that speak to some problems I had with the season as a whole, but also kind of evoke the right sense of nostalgia for me. Um, overall, I thought it was good, not great, which is how I would also probably define the season. So, okay. All yeah. right. What did you um, think? What were, what were your what thoughts? What did I think? Um, I, I would agree. I thought it was good. I thought there were moments that were really great. And then, mm-hmm. um, then I, I don't know that I, I, I think, I feel like it's always a really strong season. So, but mm-hmm. going back to like, it was good. Um, I felt like it was really slow in the beginning for a season finale. Right. And uh, so the action obviously didn't take place until the second half of the episode. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I've watched it twice. So I watched it okay. on Thursday and then I watched it again yesterday because I okay. thought I thought we were going to talk yesterday night or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted it fresh in my mind. So it was good because I actually, um, I actually enjoyed it even more the second time. Okay. Maybe uh, I should watch it again. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I think you should. Time. Yeah, I think because there's a lot of things that you might have missed or that I felt like I missed or that I like paid more attention to, having known the whole arc of everything. Now mm-hmm. I paid a little bit more attention to the music, um, which I love. Um, I love the music of of Picard more so than I like, and Jeff Russo is a great composer, but I like it more than I like Discovery. Discovery. Yeah. I'm, wow. I'm, interesting. I, I actually really, like Discovery's track more. Do you? Anyway. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, and it took me a while, but anyway, uh, so as far as Picard's death goes, since we, since you started there, I'll start there. Um, and then I want to go back to Girardi because I've never really, well, yeah, anyway. I didn't really like the character, um, uh-huh. but she redeemed herself in this episode. Um, although I still don't trust her. But Picard's death, um, it like built up for me. And like, I felt like when he was talking to Riker 
and he mm-hmm. is like see around the galaxy i thought that was really poignant and you could kind of like you you as a viewer kind of knew that he was kind of saying goodbye to his friend but mm-hmm. his friend didn't know it mm-hmm. um but also i think that that was the whole point like they needed starfleet there to ward off the romulans mm-hmm. but it, it was really about ambassador picard i guess kind mm-hmm. of merging this and the other thing too that i really loved about this and i think that this is the meaning of the whole episode is that and this is what i thought about this morning was you know the team tried to blow up the transmitter which would you know which would mean that the organics were kind of controlling the fate of the synthetics Mm -hmm. and i think it was really great and i mean it's obviously story and it's written really well um that that didn't work mm-hmm. and that the or the synthetics had to shut it choose to shut it down themselves right and i thought that was a huge um like star trek's filled with lessons i think that that was the lesson of this episode is that we've got to let people mm-hmm. make their own decisions of for their lives whoever they yes. are so that was i agree with you i think the one scene um that actually really touched me was when Picard was um, was pleading with Soji, right? And then he was, he had to do it a couple times, but then he was like, you know, we're here to save each other. You know, I thought yeah. that was beautiful. Um, yeah. And ultimately that kind of helped her to change her mind. So I agree with you. I think that that right. was, that was emotionally impactful. Um, it spoke to him. It's, it kind of wrapped up like, him kind of realizing that he just through the season that he had a mission and that he was his mission is always to you know he's always trying to save other people but then in that statement he was also articulating that he also recognized that he he needed to be saved through this mission you know Mm -hmm. and this like circular way in which you know he by saving others is also saving himself you know like i thought that that was very beautiful yeah. Um, so yes, I, I agree with you. I thought that that was the fact that they had to let, like, so you had to be the one to kind of shut it down and choose to shut it down, um, yeah. was ultimately the right call, like from a narrative standpoint. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously the death scene happened right after that. And I, so I was, I was, I, I felt like sad. And again, I knew the things that you were talking about, like he's coming back for a second season. Right. I never really thought of until maybe that moment or that few moments about the golem because really the golem was supposed to be for Sung, not for anybody else. And, and oh come on, you didn't think that they were? I did not. Up. I no, come I did not on. even think of that. Not like, until, oh my god, he's dying. Oh look, there's this thing that can transfer consciousness. <laughs> it's like oh. And Professor Xavier's trans. Oh no! I mean, Picard transferring consciousness to like you know, body, <laughs> you know, like no. I did not. I was I was not thinking about that at all. I didn't think about that at all until like the actual like, because you didn't know like he could have died up there before like it, you know it. I didn't know it was gonna go on you know, so I didn't even think of that as a possibility. And then you know, I think it was great that he died in um, Rafi's arms. Uh, I think that the two of them felt guilt over each other and guilt over so many different things that um, I thought that that was, that was actually a really emotional point was when he said, Rafi, you are right. And, you know, it's kind of like that, those moments that you hear about, and I don't know that I've ever had one personally, but 
where the person real like you're with someone who's dying and they're sharing this message with you mm -hmm. and they don't quite finish mm -hmm. what they're saying and you're kind of left to kind of fill in the blanks yourself and I, so I thought that was really emotional but then I saw then the next scene is like the the mountain scene with the sunset and I thought that was like a really cool cinematic transition mm -hmm. um and then not seven of nine and um rios chatting about their regrets mm -hmm. and then so and i thought that was like you know tough the tough guys like having the mm -hmm. their little powwow about it and um, both admitting their own faults but also um the next scene when rafi's just sitting there and then elnor comes and breaks down and i'm actually getting emotional thinking about it right now like mm -hmm. when elnor breaks down that's when i lost it oh, i was okay. like because this is a kid nothing. who, you know, nothing. that's his father in all senses of the word. His father just died. He's 18, you know, he's maybe 18 right. years old or whatever. Um, so that was really, that's when I like, and Rafi's, um, Rafi's comforting him and they're both mm -hmm. crying together. I lost it right then. Because okay. they were both, I think, the people who were, um, who were the closest to, to him and obviously knew him the longest right out of all of the uh, out of all the crew mm -hmm. out of all his crew those are the two that right. you know knew him right so i thought that that was that was really when i was pointing and then comes data and i thought it was a perfect bookend to the series mm -hmm. but it was also that you know it, and again like thinking philosophically it was also that lesson that that thing that or that lesson about saying goodbye to people and a lot like having that like this was the conversation that they couldn't have a nemesis which right. i'd watched nemesis um i don't know after episode three maybe or whatever i found out like it wasn't on prime or I didn't Hulu. again but I, I i watched it after i think it was after episode three um mm. so uh because it's on cbs all access couldn't find mm -hmm. it anywhere else and i was like oh, i'll just check because CBS, the murder hadn't really yeah, yeah, yeah. happened, but it's on right. CBS All Access, so I watched it. Um, and they never really got a goodbye for Data. Like yeah. it was. Because he just beamed him out. And he yeah, he beamed him out, out and yeah, yeah, and like blew up. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, And then all you got was like this, you know, Deanna, I think, in this scene where they're toasting, um, toasting Data to lost friends or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Deanna was the only one that broke down, I think, right. if I remember correctly. Um, you are correct yes uh maybe jordy was a little emotional but mm -hmm. um it was kind of like stiff upper lip like you know you know i was speaking of jordy it's too bad that they didn't have jordy on the season given that they were besties i feel that that yeah. was a lost opportunity um maybe he'll come back i mean yeah. we both read the book so we know that jordy is alive yes he's around which Not is bad. good um mm -hmm. So maybe he'll be back. And actually, Michael Dorn and LeVar Burton both visited the set. Oh, did they? Yeah, pretty uh, towards the end of uh, the last recording, oh. which is also why I thought that Michael Dorn, where they might have done the Enterprise coming in. Right. Because I'd, know, I'd seen the pictures with Michael Dorn there. So I was like, oh, maybe Captain Worf came with the Enterprise. But I, I was actually, I was, slight, I was disappointed that there was no Enterprise. But I was also like really happy to see Riker. Speaking uh, of though, that Starfleet fleet, that Armada was yeah. um, 
I was very taken aback by it because I've never, you've never seen a Starfield fleet that's that homogenous, like ever. Right, yeah. Ever. Yep. In every battle, like DS9, yep, you know, right. first contact, like you, you never see a Starfield fleet that's basically copy and paste like that. Yep. So I was very like, it just looked wrong to me um, that you basically had like maybe like a hundred plus ships that were all the same. Or more, shape, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that was very weird. That was very, you know, I the mean, was like, it's fine. All the birds of prey, fine, fine, whatever. Yeah. Warbirds, yeah. Warbirds not birds of prey. Rumbling yeah. Warbirds, fine, sure. But then, like, on the Starfleet side, it just didn't look right. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, I love Starship porn, as it's called. You know, I mm -hmm. love seeing new ships and stuff like this. And, like, you couldn't really make out too many of the details of the ships, unfortunately. And I really wanted yeah. to see the bridge, like, get a better view of the bridge. Yeah. Like that stuff, I I like geek out. I mean, over they probably just redress something from like Discovery for that. Honestly. Well, I saw, yeah. So I was kind of just, I was kind of bummed because I know that the captain's chair was the one from Discovery. Oh, so, ah. yeah. Because uh, Jonathan Frakes posted a, a picture on Twitter of him sitting in, I mean, sitting in the chair in mm. his in his mm. uniform, and so I was like, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, of course. I mean, they spend millions of dollars building the original Enterprise bridge. I doubt that they're going to make the future bridge for one scene with Riker right. on it. Um, right. So, yeah. But, I, I yeah, I agree. Like, well, also, since we know from the book, like, 14 years ago, the all of Starfleet, or uh, the massive ships that they were building to save the Romulans was... Mm -hmm. But then, so in 14 years' time, they've now decided to build a war fleet, essentially, what it looks like. Yeah. Um, but also, so have the Romulans. I mean, the Romulans are made to, for, a, for an empire that's no more to make 300, almost 300 <laughs> ships like that. Yeah, they're, like, fine. What, they're fine. Yeah, like, what, yeah. where did they come from? Like, that's, yeah. so I think that's one of the things that I'm kind of curious about. Like, how did... Starfleet get up to that many of the same ships all of a sudden with no synths, right? Mm -hmm. So has it taken them 14 years to build these ships? And the same with the Romulans. Like, for an empire that's fallen, like, literally mm -hmm. destroyed mm -hmm. and in pieces, how did, how did this O, which I cannot stand her. I mean, she's a great actress, but I hate the, like, it's, I, it's like the worst Romulan ever. Like, <laughs> I just can't stand her. Because um, she's so evil. She's uh, so evil. And I, I, you know, I, that's also why I worry. When, remember the scene way back, I can't remember which episode it was, but where she visited Girardi? I mm -hmm. thought for sure she planted, like, like hypnotized her. So I've mm -hmm. been distrustful ever since I've seen that. Because yeah. we knew that O was a double agent, like I've never trusted Girardi since right. then. And you were right. And, and I was. I totally suspected that too. I was because they cut away, and I was like, oh, something yeah. "Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly." But I guess that all she did was share that. Well, all we know of is she shared that um, that vision with the admonition. Yeah, admonition. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, but that's also so it was, and then. So last week I saw the preview, which was, you know, um, Soji going to visit Picard and mm -hmm. like Gerardi is like looking around the corner and I thought she was like going to spy and like tell on Soji. And then to find out that she was playing a own double agent, I thought was That was like, like not believable because... It wasn't. Gerardi yeah. is... Gerardi cannot hide her feelings. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know... She, 
But I she did. Like, like apparently. I mean, yeah. And honestly, I think it's a very confusing character because when she was first introduced in the first episode, she totally had this Tilly vibe. And other mm-hmm. blogs and podcasts have made this call where, you know, like she seemed to have this like kind of silly, awkward, really intelligent, but a little bit, um, you know, socially off kind of feel. I, but I love like, Tilly. I did not love yeah. Girardi at all. Well, well when Girardi was first introduced, I was like, okay, like, you know, she's like really smart, a little awkward. I can, you know, okay, maybe she's going to be a cool character. And then I, I don't know, like her character was like all over the place. Um, I think from a, just a characterization standpoint, um, you can argue that, oh, like the mind mail was, oh, like kind of messed her up. But I just, at the end of the day, I was just like, I don't know who this character is. Um, and there was no way that she would have been able to hide from Sutra that she was lying. There's no way. There's no way that, because Sutra was like, I can tell, I will be able to tell if you're lying. And then, mm, yeah, that's right. And then Gerardo was like, no, I will, you know, I'll work with you. And then Sutra was like, sure. So I was just like, I didn't buy it. That she was well, able- yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree. I didn't buy it either, but I also thought that Sutra was, you know, would be like, yeah, I'll take whatever help I can get from you and then I'll kill you later. Like, or get rid of you later, you know? Because I think Sutra killing her own people is, you know, if if that is so tough, you know, or, you know, you don't kill one of your own without, you know, so then killing someone else isn't really going to matter. But speaking of Sutra, she, I, I don't know. It was just, and this is my overall issue with this season where, they, I feel they set a lot of things up and they're basically like edging the audience. Like they're edging you, they're edging you, right? They're yeah, like yeah. You up, and yeah. then it's like, but you don't get to ejaculate. It's, it's like, the, <laughs> you know, like there's so many situations where they kind of set up like, oh, you know, like Seven becomes like the Borg Queen and oh my God, she's gonna like, you know, totally like sick all these Borg on the Rhymelands. And it's like, right. oh my God, so cool, so cool. And then, no, all the Borg got flushed into space, even though per first contact, Borgs can probably survive in space. So why didn't Seven just beam them all back in or do something? But nope, nope, that didn't pay off. And oh, Seven's fine. No, you know, no mental ramifications or psychological ramifications from being the Borg queen for five minutes. It's fine. Or mm-hmm. oh, the Borg ship showed up at the planet. Oh, it got like, you know, it got it power drained by these orchids or whatever. So I can't do anything. It's just like, there's so many like setups that didn't mm, just yeah. didn't pay off. And then there are other, there, there are other, these other setups where I feel that, and I kind of alluded this, to this a little bit where I feel the writers want to make some sort of emotional impact, but then it's almost like shoehorned in. Like for example, I, I could say a few examples, like Gerardi kind of, being so emotionally impacted by Picard's terminal illness even, but they've had, they barely have had any scenes together. They have no history together and she's so broken up about it. I'm like, but you barely know this person and you haven't spent any time with this person. And then Rafi, who I actually did not like as character. I know you liked Rafi. Oh, I, I love like Rafi. Oh, I love Rafi. Rafi is so annoying. I cannot stand <laughs> Rafi. She's, she's a drunk. She's a bad mother. I don't know. There's <laughs> so many issues of Rafi. But, um, 
You know, I don't think she's not a drunk. She's a she does. With yes, no, she does the weed. She does the weed. Of, no, she, but she's not so drunk. She's singing so much. Like, oh, yeah. and I'm like, where's the synth hall? You know, like, but you know, apparently in you know, as we're going into the 20th century, like you know, synth hall is no longer a thing. But um, no, like I just uh, you know, of course she's drunk on and off. Like it's like every other episode in the season, Rafi was drunk or high or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're supposed to, you know, I'm personally not really a fan of multimedia needing you needing to like read all these books or these comics yeah, or yeah, right. really get the emotional impact for yeah. whatever's presented to you on screen. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it, they expect you to do all this work and then and then they present the history of these two characters to you. But if you didn't read the books or the countdown comic, um, there really wasn't much presented in terms of Picard and Rafi's relationship. Mm. So even when Rafi was like, JL, I love you, and I hate JL as a thing, um, <laughs> I could not stand that. Um, and then Picard says, I love you back. That was very emotionally hollow to me. I was just like, you know, I get that you guys technically worked together for how many years? Sure, you know, in terms of, they worked together for quite some time when it came to help, you know, figure out the whole Romulan situation. Right. Um, but that was basically, there's only one flashback to when Picard resigned and you saw right. that they were colleagues at that time. But yeah. other than that, we were just kind of thrown into this situation where Rafi's very bitter um, with Picard. And it was almost bitter to the point where I thought it was unreasonable. I mean, I know it was, it was built over time. It was built over like 15 years or something. Right, yeah, um, exactly, yeah. But, um, but the I love you scene, I thought was first of all awkward because I didn't, if I didn't know the background of their relationship, I would have been like, is this romantic? That it's not supposed to be? Um, so that didn't ring for me emotionally. It was, and then even in then another scene, which I had problems with, where again, they kind of shoehorn something in and expect the audience to have some sort of emotional response, is when Seven and Rafi are starting to hold hands. And I'm like, where did this come from? Those wasn't even like in my mind hinted in any sort of way. So I think we need to go back and watch in Voyager when they're playing that game, because I think I uh, so on the second viewing, I paid attention to that because it bothered me the first time. Same uh-huh. reason, same for the same reason. But I think I, I don't know. I have to go back. We have to find the episode where they play this play this game in Voyager and see if mm-hmm. people hold have to hold hands when they're playing it. That was the only yeah. thing I, I could don't think, think of. so. I mean, Tuvok. It was Tuvok's game. Okay. Tuvok would play with Harry, with Harry Kim. Okay. And Harry Kim was like... My Voyager it. knowledge is very minimal. It's my least favorite Oh, okay. Star I watched Trek every episode, so, But yeah, it was like Kalto was something that... It was Tuvok introduced it. Okay. Like season three or something like that. And then... Um, yeah, Seven got into it because she's bored, so she's all logical or whatever. She's like really good at it. But I was like, I don't know. I was just like... This is weird. I mean, it's like throwing. This is weird. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, not weird. I mean, all right. I mean, since we're doing a gay podcast, I mean, it's great if you know we if we have. I mean, if we have some lesbian lovers on on Star Trek, that's great. Oh, you know? 
Oh, we have yeah. a gay couple on Discovery, so why not a lesbian couple on Picard? But, but I agree, it seems like forced or not really. There's no, no like, how did that come about? I agree. Yeah, I mean, the relationship between Hugh and Stannis on Discovery is definitely much, it's, it's definitely, there's, there's more to it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, how, yeah, yeah. How that relationship was, like, built up. Yeah, um, Meanwhile, Rafi and Seven, I was like, what? It was kind of almost like just like kind of thrown in at the last minute and I was yeah. like, I don't mind this, but I just don't think it's warranted. And it wasn't, it, it just didn't feel, it was, it's similar to where Rafi said, I love you to the card and he said it back. I'm oh, just okay, like, yeah. I don't get it. Like, I, I feel like there's, there hasn't been much building up to this where this is, this is, war this makes sense. Yeah. Um, and even, oh, same thing with Gerardi and Rios. I was like, what? Like, oh, no, that was not a surprise at all. No, they remember the, 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 right before the episode where he, like, maybe it was just two or three episodes ago, but he, they hook up. The, are you talking about the, no, I, he's I'm playing I soccer. That. That. He's, he, he plays soccer. They hook up. Yes. And then she kind of has her breakdown or whatever. And, um, but I, leading so that up was to not, that, leading what? up to that, I was like, that didn't surprise I thought that me. was out of left field. No, uh, I didn't think it was out of left field. I felt like that was, I thought the, the Seven and Rafi thing was out of left field, but not the Rios and Gerardi thing at all. No. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of playfulness between them on the casino episode. Yeah. The, where yeah. they visit um, Free Cloud. Free Cloud, yeah. There was a little bit of playfulness. And I was yep. like, okay, they're being playful. It's a sporting. And then the next episode, yeah, like, you know, yeah, she okay. has a breakdown. And or maybe two episodes after she has a breakdown, yeah, right? Um, and then they hook up. I'm like, okay. And then, but then the problem is by the end of this episode, where they basically have that montage of you know all the crew members kind of like crew members kind of you know being on the ship and then reconciling, and then Rios and Gerardi kind of like they have a quick kiss. I'm like, so is it okay that? Gerardi killed Maddox, and did we forget about that? Oh, yeah, um, right, yeah. Wasn't she supposed to, like, go to Starbase 12, no, Deep Space 12 or something, yep. and go to prison? Have we forgotten about that? That's a good Is point. That I mean, yeah. Because even, like, Rios was kind of, like, taken aback by that, like, that she killed Maddox. So there wasn't, like, this emotional blowback, I feel, you know, it's like, oh, let's just, you know, kiss and make up, and, like, there wasn't that emotional blowback that should happen you know yeah no that's a good point um what did you think about the final scene i i mean i thought it was kind of like very end of the movie type uh where like all of the star trek movies basically like yeah everyone walks onto the bridge and they're like engaged and like on their way like but i'm like where are they going <laughs> right <laughs> we don't know right it's all it's a whole new beginning um with it's, it's, with picard as a synth now technically which we need to talk about because <laughs> that's another thing i so well, i think that's going to be that's going to be a theme of uh so if if redemption is the theme of this episode of this season mm -hmm. i think that identity is going to be the um or probably possibly a theme for next season because so of, you think he might struggle with am i 
Because real. Was, am I real or real. not? Yeah. yeah. Am I still Picard? Yeah. Oh, um, but going back, still, you know what? I, yeah. Am I still JL? Am I still JL? Which, all right. So on the JL thing, I think that that's a nice differentiator between this is not next generation. This is like, and, and it, I, I don't know. It's a little more familial. It's a little cheeky. It's a little like, but he kind of puts up with it because it's Rafi and I mean, I, I think it's a cool so she differentiator. Gets a free pass. She gets a yeah. free pass. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, she gets a free pass because he abandoned her for 14 years. And she gave but up. According to Countdown, she was already calling him JL. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, that was her early there. days. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I thought was, I, I, I like it. I mean, I think it's, uh, it, it, takes it a, takes it in a different direction. Um, when you say it like that, yes. Yeah, we're not, we're not, you know, this isn't Jean-Luc, this is, J, you know, JL. JL, I feel it's harder to say than Jean-Luc. Like, Jean-Luc just kind of rolls off the tongue. JL is almost <laughs> one of the two letters. I don't know. Um, oh, but, well, speaking of which, we could call you JL, right? I, oh. I would not want that. I would <laughs> um, but, you know, speaking to your point, I do, I will give the writers you know, I'll give them cre- I'll give them credit for what they were able to pull off successfully this season in terms of some of the, the overall narrative arc. Um, do I give them? Do I think that they'll be able to successfully explore John Luke's identity as a synth next season? I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe. Um, if they do, I think that that would be good because, you know, that was one of the big upsetting questions I had from this episode and that whole body swap thing with the golem mm-hmm. where I was like, so is this still Jean-Luc Picard? I mean, sure, he has his memories and everything, but is this the same person, you know, right. that he's been following for 30 years? Is that correct? 30, yeah, about 30 years, like, yeah, 33 years. Premiered in, like, what, yeah. 86 or something? 87, I don't 1987, know. 1987, September yeah. 1987, I believe. So, is this still the same mm-hmm. character? Right. Um, I think that's an inter- that would be an interesting question um, to ask. Do I trust that they will actually think about digging into that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good, I mean... Yeah, so far they haven't really released anything. I mean, even even Patrick Stewart doesn't even know. I guess they they alluded on the Ready Room that there was they each know a, one tiny detail or potential detail about where their her uh, Picard and Girardi are going to go next season. But I think okay. they're still still writing, and Michael Shaban is I think writing the first two episodes because he's not the showrunner for he's the, the next, season. next season. Yeah, so he's writing the first two seats two episodes and then I think he's going to go work on his own projects. Right. Um, so I think, uh, I think we'll hopefully we'll ha- kind of have a sum up of that mm-hmm. uh, or like a continuation, like he'll get the ball started in that direction. Um, hopefully, but well, I mean, obviously we're probably a year away from finding out if, uh, if life ret- yeah, if life returns yeah. to somewhat of a new normal, whatever that may be, but um but going back to one of the things like i really like the data scene like him saying goodbye picard being able to say goodbye a proper goodbye to data and mm-hmm. data also being able to say goodbye to himself like right as he like the speech obviously it was uh shakespearean i don't know what uh i think it was from the tempest maybe um but as 
as Picard pulls out the memory engrams, um, you know, the first one, Data makes his bed and kind of lies down on it. And then the mm -hmm. second one, he suddenly gets older. And then there's this figure there suddenly that you don't see who it is. And then at the third, oh, and then, then he's starting to age. And at right. the third one, he like closes his eyes and shuts down. And you can see that it's Picard in his next generation uniform mm -hmm. with him. And then they all, it all dissolves. And I thought that was really like, that was kind of this, I, I think for Brent Spiner as an actor, I think that is a much better death than dying on some Romulan ship right. um, 23, 20 years ago or yeah. 17 years ago or whatever it was. Um, so I think it's a much better, and it also gives Picard the goodbye as well, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was really quite quite a nice, uh, kind of a nice wrap up for, for everything because in a lot of ways, Picard has lived with this death for 20 years. Right. Um, and then thrown himself into another line of work trying to save the Romulans. And then that mm -hmm. ends suddenly. And then, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. But yeah, I think it was really, that actually emotionally tugged at me. And it, I, it actually was even more so the second time, because I think in between the first viewing and the second viewing, I listened to the Star Trek podcast. Um, mm -hmm. and Patrick Stewart said that it was really hard for him to do that scene. It took a bunch of takes because oh. he kept on choking on the words. Oh, so I paid really close yeah. attention to his like facial expressions and like, mm -hmm. you, like paid a little bit more attention and it was kind mm -hmm. of, but I also really liked, um, I don't know. There's this one part where he, where data says it's makes a small, but statistically relevant difference that you love me. Yeah. Uh, yes. And I like uh, that. Picard's reaction was so youthful. Like this is that like, and I think this is what we're going to see too, is this new life that Picard has not mm -hmm. only because he has a new body, but just because he's been able to resolve so many things. Right. I mean, there's still obviously the whole Romulan situation, which is unresolved. Um, not and I'm not talking about oh and the the that whole fleet. I'm just talking about like when he goes to to the planet and and gets Elnor. Um, yeah. You know, there's obviously a lot of resentment from the Romulans against him. So I think that there's still some probably some guilt and some feelings around that that maybe they'll explore next season. But um, so yeah, I I do like how they dealt with that data scene. Um, the whole quantum simulation thing I thought was a little weird. Um, I still don't totally understand. I know that they got Data's memories from before, and then somehow Bruce Maddox got like one neuron from Data or something. That that's a little I, that part is a little bit like even when they were kind of explaining how so like uh, Soji and Dodge came about, and they used like one neuron. When Gerard explained that, I was like, all right, whatever. Um, well, there's one. Oh, so that you just made me think of something else. It's kind of unresolved. So obviously, Sutra and whatever her twin's name was, the twin was killed on the, on the uh, Ibn Majid, um, by. I can't Rios's, believe you remember the name of the ship that we also got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ibn Majid, uh, <laughs> um, who's his captain, kind of killed them. So Sutra's sister was killed. 
um, and then right. this other synth, her brother. Um, mm-hmm. I guess they're all brothers and sisters, which is what I'm uh, intuiting from that. Yeah. But um, so then, you know, Sutra looks so different from Dot. Like, are they like? You can tell that there's a bunch of different versions of these synths mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. like either are adapting, but there's never there's never an explanation on how did dodge and soji get made because they're they look human they look completely Mm -hmm. different than any of the other maybe a few of them look similar but um you know sutra looks very much like data a female not a completely but like her gold skin and everything is kind of like (laughs) her gold spray tan yeah yes exactly yeah um but it never really explains how they eventually got to dodge and sutra which uh no i mean they didn't didn't explore how what's his name anton sun yeah whatever his name whatever and bruce maddox how they start creating the background wasn't really explored much yeah um, I think that would be interesting to delve into, but I don't think they are going to for next season. I yeah, think they're going to want something else. Yeah. Um, maybe there'll but, be a uh, book about it or something. Oh yeah, maybe a book tie-in. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was interesting too. But they never, they didn't really get into like how all these like synths were made and like the development of them and such. Yeah. And, and actually, going back to Saj and uh, Daj and Soji. I actually really like Dodge. And I love Dodge too. And then she was killed off and like Yeah, her, like, and then we got a, like her angry other younger her angry twin sister, which I was kind of um but I mean I guess it's it makes sense. I mean it makes sense from a story point of view to have someone who's kind of not trusting of Picard to begin with. Um and has to like learn to trust Picard, whereas Dodge immediately was told to find Picard and, right, and right. trust him. So uh, I think that, that that's interesting. I don't understand how that programming got to Dodge, but didn't get to Soji. It's interesting. Um, well, it was, it was, I think it was only because Dodge was activated and Soji wasn't. And Soji never got to that point until much later. Oh, really? Well, wasn't she, wasn't uh, Soji activated when she was in that chamber and the Romulans were trying to kill her? Yeah, and then she jumped out and then saw Picard. And then she didn't, I don't think she really, because Dodge was activated and then she had, I guess, visions of Picard, right? That was episode one. Oh, yeah. And she, like, um, saw that broadcast of Picard on the Federation News Network. Oh, yeah. And more. Yeah. So okay. then that eventually led her to see Picard yeah. on the Stratosphere. Okay. Um, I don't think Soji, yeah, Soji just was activated and then she saw Picard. So maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was different. Yeah. And also her, their mother, whoever that was, whatever program that was. Yeah. The AI was got, telling Dodge to trust Picard. Trust or, Picard. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I felt that, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the second episode better than the first one, I think. Better than the first, the part one of it. I think that... I thought part one was a lot of setup. It was like... Yeah, it was a lot of setup. Oh, yeah. it was yeah. slow. Um, yeah, it was kind of slow, yeah. Which I can... I I feel the season as a whole, there, there were slow parts. I know that other people have said this. I do think yeah. that there were some parts that were probably a little bit slower. I mean, I still think that it was overall fine. 
I don't, I don't think I have as much, as many issues with the pacing of the oral season as I've heard from other reviewers or other mm. podcasters. Um, but I do think that, uh, I think that this also has to do with how um, the showrunners really wanted to differentiate Picard from Discovery, where mm. they wanted yeah. it to be much more deliberate. Yeah. Um, whereas Discovery is like, so fast, you know, plot-wise. Yeah. Um, they wanted Picard to have not like a necessarily leisurely pace, but it's much more. It's it's much slower in comparison. Um, I feel that they kind of probably they could have trimmed like I think an episode or two and made it tighter. Um, but um, yeah, I feel I do think there are a few moments where I was like, okay, this can be like a little bit. This is a little bit faster, you know. Yeah. You know, just a little bit more. Yeah. Um, oh, we didn't really talk about the only real death of this last episode. Uh, what's her name? Oh, uh, the Romulan. The... Yeah. What's uh? Alan... Oh my gosh, what's her name? Narek. Yeah, um, and what happened to Narek? So we don't really know what happened to Narek, and we don't he really. He ghosted. He did ghost, yeah. <laughs> he did ghost, but then his sister got kicked down this long trench, and and uh, it's. And not... I feel like she could have totally just beamed out because she's been beaming out of situations like that all season. Yeah. Well, so... and, yeah, and the real question was: I really thought, I I guess I'll have to go back and watch. I think it was. I thought she was eight. with the fleet. I thought that she was like. I with, thought they. I thought they beamed her off from the cube. Well, they totally did that. So in that episode where she was being attacked by the XBs, right? She beams out, and then the next shot is of a Romulan ship going to warp with. All oh, the, right, right, right. They didn't even, it's almost like they wanted you to think that she was on the ship, but then gotcha, she was on the Borg cube the whole time. Yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not like people keep on saying like her act. She did an awesome job acting, which I'll I'll give her that. But you know what? I I you know I don't know. I just didn't really like her all that much. I mean, Narek, then there she's was kind of like, like condescending older sister. Like, but then there was a whole like incest thing. <laughs> and the, I don't also, think like, they were incestuous. But it was like the way that they were acting around each other, and then she would like you know choke him or something when she was like kind of mad at him. Remember oh, that? Yeah, one? yeah. It was kind of. Uh, and I was like, this is weird. Like, it was like, is this? This is something, is there more to this relationship than just brother or sister? Mm. You know, um, it was a little odd. I think it, it was, was awkward. Odd. I didn't find Narek at the end. Narek was kind of annoying towards the beginning. Yeah. A little bit one dimensional, but towards yeah. the end, I was like, all right, fine. But whatever, what's his sister's name? Oh my God, I can't believe yeah. I don't remember. Um, um, but anyway, uh, was it like Narissa or something? Oh, yes, it was Narissa. Narissa. Yeah, Narissa. Um, um, yeah, I was just like, uh, yeah, she was just like, I don't know. So maybe she was yeah. also, maybe the argument's also, she's like a little messed up because of ammunition. So she's yeah. Like a little bit like, yeah. You know. She's definitely, yeah, I mean, so. she, she obviously survived the admonition, so. Uh, or seeing yeah. the admonition, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm hoping that her death is permanent. I don't want her to come back. I don't want her to come I'm back. Good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm done. I'm done with her. Um, although I feel like Narek will probably come back at some point. Um, it seems like 
It's possible. Uh, without yeah. really knowing what happened to him. Because uh, obviously they didn't beam him aboard a Federation ship and take him away. So, uh, yeah, that, that was definitely something that was kind of left on the either on the cutting room floor or was never really thought about after the two synths nailed him to the ground and yeah. you know, held him there. Um, so I know that we've been jumping around and we're also been talking about the whole season, but you, you have, have notes. Well, do you have, okay, so go ahead. Wrap up the finale. Yes. All right. Let's wrap up the finale. Talk more about more like the rest of the season. Season. Yeah. We were How would you, <laughs> if you had to grade the finale out of like a 10, what would your score be? I would give it at least a nine, if not a nine point five. I don't Whoa! think. Oh, yeah. It's so high. Okay. Yeah, I definitely okay. no. I think they ended on a high note. I think, um, I, you know, I I think that yeah, there are a few plot holes. I'm glad that they didn't kill off any of the main characters, um, even Gerardi. Although I, you know, I wouldn't have been, I would not have been sad about losing Gerardi, but. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad they didn't kill Seven off. Uh, I think that that's. Um, I like that. I love. I, lo yeah. I really like. I like this version of Seven a lot. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, Rafi was never really any mortal danger. Rios wasn't, so you kind of knew that they were kind of coming along. Um, I'm glad Elnor is back. Uh, hopefully, they'll give him a little more character development next season. I know, having nothing to do. Um, but you know, you you know, it's uh. It's uh, I thought it, I felt like it was, you know, it it gave you a lot of emotional feels. It gave mm -hmm. it gave a little bit of fan service, mm -hmm. not in the way maybe that we wanted it to. Like we would have loved for the Enterprise and Captain Wharf to come flying in. Although, you know, again, I really the the real problem we talked about this back a few episodes was when Jonathan Frakes Jonathan Frakes was once again in the intro credits. Yeah. So you knew he was coming back and I was kind of I was kind of like I could have like I would have preferred you didn't do that because you did that before and it kind of sort of ruined the surprise right. a little bit. Yeah. So I think um maybe maybe switching I think that they should switch those special guest stars to the first credit at the end of the at the end of the episode. Yeah. Not, I think not most in shows main, do. Yeah. Most shows like don't put it till the end. Yeah, so stop oh. te stop teasing us, stop ruining the surprise. Um, obviously, you guard the secrets of this show really well, and then you put it in the front credits. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like it carried all the way through. Um, but yeah, I really felt like uh, there was some really, you know, I didn't, I actually really enjoyed the ride. I did not think that this, I did not have any preconceived no notions. My hope was that the Enterprise would come. But again, I listened to a podcast in beforehand and, and it said like, and this, whoever it was said, you know, I kind of want it, but I kind of don't. And I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up and then have my expectations dashed. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't go into it with any expectations. Um, and, and since Frakes was in the intro, I was like, there's not going to be an enterprise because he's not going to take over the enterprise. Right. Um, so um but I felt like it was, you know, it was a little slow in the beginning. I was shocked mm -hmm. at Gerardi. I was kind of like, oh, she kind of redeemed herself. So I was kind of like impressed mm -hmm. with that aspect of it. Um, I thought mm -hmm. that them allowing Picard and everyone and the writers, obviously, letting the synths choose their fate 
and mm-hmm. choose what they want to to do. I think that that was really um, it was great to see that philosophy. And then that's what I really like really love about Star Trek is it's a sci-fi adventure, but it's also got messages in there. And and obviously Picard's message has several both his life and what he speaks to is like mm-hmm. a lot of messages. Um, I mean, I think it's great that. Um, yeah, I, I th- I'm excited for, you know, I felt like it was real. yeah, I'm excited for the next season. I'm excited. But I'm also, like, if they didn't do a next season, you kind of like, well, you know, they ended on a note where, mm-hmm. yeah. they did, you know, if something happens and they can't come back for a second season or whatever, like, we have a complete story. For sure. I agree. Um, you know, so I think that that's, that's a good thing. Um, so I felt, yeah, I really felt like 9, 9.5 out of 10, you know, the wow. point five being point five being um you know like leaving like where is Narek? what happened mm-hmm. to Narek? uh like some of the loose plot threads like yeah. what happened to oh another question it's like what about the xbs they're just on the planet so yeah all right so <laughs> we, that was another question i had like well, and i didn't really put it together until watching it the second time but i'm like this like didn't how did xbs survive i thought that they got rid of all the all the xbs on the ship back yeah, in that's a little bit, that was yeah. a kind of a like a plot loose plot but thread. apparently there are survivors but they're all just being left on the planet and right and they're survive. being yep uh, yep yeah, yeah, seven's leaving them and they're all just gonna live there with the synths which i guess is could be an interesting like symbiotic you know but the, they could have they could have thrown one line and been like oh, you know, they're going to take care of each other or something. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Yep, you're right, up. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's, that's my score. And I, I, I'll, say, I'll definitely say 9, 9.5. What is your that score? That is really high. Okay. I mean, I, so I've watched it twice. I will go back. I will, like, if I want to see a great episode, I mean, there are, a couple, there are definitely a few in this season, but if I want to see a great episode, I'm probably going to turn to this one or um, the, probably the Free Cloud episode is, another standalone which one sorry the free cloud one the free cloud episode um the casino show or whatever yeah that'd be another one where it was kind of more of a fun you know a fun piece to it um but definitely i will i will come back to watch just like i'll go back and watch the the series finale of which was a lot more action-packed obviously uh of discovery so season I, one or season two? Season two, the last episode okay. where the battle, the big battle. With, with control. Okay. Yeah. And, and all this enterprise porn that you, I just love. Okay. So, um, so if, okay. So rating just the final episode, I would, it, I would give it an eight. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. So not you deducting eight. points for. Um, well, along the lines of what I was saying earlier, I think that some of the, I think the emotional beats hit you more than it hit me. Um, maybe I'll feel different upon a second viewing, but I do think that again there are a few moments like what between Picard and Soji, or between Picard and Data that had a good emotional payoff um, and a payoff to Picard's narrative as a whole. Um, but there were these all these other things that I um, just you know to what I was saying earlier in regard to some of the moments between like. Picard and Rafi, or you know, with Gerardi and Rios, or like these small things that kind of for me added up, um, where I was just like, I, you know, I am not getting the emotional impact that I think the writers want from me. Um, 
So for me, it was, it was more of an eight. It was good. I, it was good. It was not great. If I had to really uh, pinpoint uh, an episode of this season, which for me really resonated and, you know, I would go back and watch was Nepenthe, which was the episode. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that was a good um, one. You're right. And it wasn't just, and the thing about that episode, and I know we're going to talk about the season as a whole, the thing about that episode is that it, you know, the all the emotional beats really hit, you know, and it wasn't just it wasn't just nostalgia porn. It wasn't just fan service. It was legitimately like these characters have so much history. The, the way in which they interacted, which was definitely much more relaxed than how they interacted during the next generation and things like that made sense because these people have gone through so much over 20, 30 years. Um, and that in their interactions and, you know, even them calling Picard out for, um some of his failings made so much more sense than you know Rafi giving Picard shit you know so um yeah so even though that wasn't say an action-packed episode um I just thought that it was done so well I thought the acting in that particular episode particularly because like Jonathan Frakes and Maria Cernodos are very seasoned actors like they're just great people they're just great actors like on screen on the stage and such um where they're with Patrick Stewart like I thought that there was a really lot of chemistry, you know, that really just made sense. Um, versus these other scenes with these other, almost there are, some of these are randos. Like I know Eleanor is supposed to, you know, yes, you're saying like he's basically, Picard was a father figure to him, but we he was also had like six lines the whole season, you know, like he hasn't really said anything, you know? So um, those emotional moments just don't resonate. Um, so anyway, not to say the finale was bad, I would say it was good, not great. So. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Great. There's our episode 10 recap. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion about the Picard season finale. If you have any questions, comments, things you want to have us read about, you can reach us uh, by various means. You can reach us through email by emailing deepspacepride at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Instagram and Twitter where our handles there are deepspacepride. That's really it for this week's episode. Bye. Bye for now. Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.